0: Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. see you guys. Anybody feeling kind of wonky this morning? Like it's just just tough to get started today. I right. just want to shake that out a little bit. Yeah. I see you, <laughs> um, you know, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about those mornings a little bit. Uh, and just how kind of those times were, not sure what's wrong, but there's just something, there's something at work, there's something amiss. Um, a little bit about me. My name's Josh Oldfield. Uh, I've been worshiping with Westside Christian Church for uh, nearly a year now. Uh, and I've really enjoyed getting to know this body. Uh, my wife and I have been in the area for um, coming up on three years now. She's a, a, a third year law student at Wake Forest, so pray Thanks. for us.
1: <laughs> We're,
0: we've got a little, just a little bit. We, the finish line is in sight. And then there's the bar exam, and then there's all the things. So, really, the finish line is it, it keeps moving. Uh, but it's, it's a great journey to be on, and we're happy to uh, have you guys in our lives for, for a time. Um, but uh, another thing about me, the last time I, I, I talked, uh, I talked about one of my passions uh, woodworking. I love woodworking. Um, Spent a lot of time doing it. But the thing that I spend more time doing these days that uh, really has captured my passion over the, the last couple of years is martial arts. Wow. Um, particularly, I love uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've trained cumulatively about six years now. But for the last four years solid, I've trained i trained probably eight to 12 hours a week. Uh, if you don't know anything about uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it is... Um, a a grappling art. It's kind of like wrestling but a little bit different. It doesn't end with a pin on the ground. It ends with somebody tapping out and saying, please stop. Um, It's uh, some people refer to it as uh, involuntary yoga. Uh, It's the gentle art of folding laundry while people are still in it. I prefer to refer to it as dangerous knuckles. Um, But uh, actually we've got. uh, you know if you guys are curious uh yeah. jerry's agreed to come up here and and let me uh <laughs> demonstrate <laughs> <go> <laughs> all, <right. laughs> uh, all
1: right right
0: here so it's uh it's now my honor to uh promote jerry to white belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu all right oh. uh, yeah. come on that's the way to tie this, okay. Under, over, uh, you know what? Should have brought another bell. <laughs> 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 All right, let's do this. It's your uh, belt. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, so uh, what we're going to do is, uh, let's see, should should we do some throws? Should we do some yeah. on-ups? Yeah. Yes. Some jokes? Okay. Uh, let's see. If we got enough uh, now, is your, is your health insurance up-to-date? No. Up no. All right, so what I'm going to do, you know what? I just, Jerry, I don't think we have enough space. Uh, but luckily, luckily I've got, uh, I've got a video for you guys to learn a little bit more about kids. You're off the hook today, okay? okay but congratulations for the white <laughs> belt. Right. I'm not in the video either. But this is, this is my friend Casey and I training. He slapped out or tapped his foot was a time that I was either uh, 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 breaking a joint or choking him. I, there was about there was about six leg locks in there, uh, six chokes and about six arm locks. But whether it was wrist locks, uh, arm hyperextensions, it, oh, Jiu-Jitsu was a very devastating art. And I, but I, I I love it. It's 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 so fun. And, and the reason I got into um, Jiu-Jitsu. Was uh, for, for fun and fitness. I really, i I, I always been, i would seen the, the Kung Fu movies growing up and I thought oh, that'll be fun. Uh, but once I got in, I got on the mats, uh, it really grabbed me as something that just um, was a lot of fun to strive against somebody and wrestle and, and, uh, and have that, that battle. And the more I learned, the more I realized, wow, um, there's people out there who are dangerous people. Mm-hmm. There's people out there who know stuff that when I'm in traffic and I'm, I'm mad at somebody and, and they've cut me off, I, I should probably watch who I raise my fist at, that I never know who I'm gonna c- come across and what they know. Uh, you know, the world is a, a dangerous place. and You never know when something's gonna go down. Uh, it's good to be prepared. You know, but uh, the, the one thing that, that uh, Jiu Jitsu has provided me though is the self-confidence and the, the awareness of myself to be able to de-escalate situations. You know, uh, really, as a, a grown man in the 21st century, if I don't want to fight, I don't have to fight mm-hmm. Somebody's upset with me, I, I, I do not have to attend every fight I'm invited to. Amen. The chances of a, of, uh, of a man getting into a situation that he can't avoid, and having to defend himself is actually pretty low if you think about it in our society today for women though yeah. women the chances are are yeah. you know they're much more vulnerable and so uh, I would I would recommend uh, that women uh, empower themselves through training all right but um, and jujitsu is a great option for being able to uh, manage a larger opponent but you know one thing I Preach to people in regards to martial arts or in regard to self defense is awareness. Being aware of where you are is really most of the battle, right? And can ensure that there is no battle, right? Being, being aware of, okay, I'm in a dangerous place. This is a dangerous circumstance. Maybe I should not be here. Maybe I should go home to my house. Maybe I should go to a, a nice, safe, warm place because. Well, the worst thing that can happen is to be in a fight that you don't know you're in. Hmm. For things to get to the point where you can't avoid the conflict anymore. Physically, that's a, that's a <laughs> recipe for disaster, right? When you're so distracted by other things that you don't realize dangers around you. Much more dangerous is the spiritual reality. That's is that we are in a fight that we cannot avoid. So what we need to understand is we're in that conflict. This is we're we're in a series um, called This Means War, and uh, it you know it was it was originally going to be titled Stranger Things, and I was excited because <laughs> I, I, I was gonna um, I was gonna order a T-shirt uh, that, that uh, it, it, it's a jujitsu T-shirt It says Strangle Friends. <laughs> nice. uh, so I was excited about that, uh, but we're um, but. This title, This Means War, is actually, I think, much more apt because there is a war over uh, our soul, our spirits, yes. uh, our lives. Uh, and our lives is more than just our flesh and blood. We know that. So two weeks ago, we began this series, and we looked at this scripture that very very clearly explains the type of struggle that we're in. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12 Just put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities and the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's a much more scary opponent because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of well, Any time that there's fear, it's because of a lack of knowledge. Right? And, the, and, the, and the church these days, and societies these days, uh, our society these days is suffering from uh, an ignorance and a lack of knowledge of the battle that yes. we're in and the enemy that we face. Yes. Satan is the enemy for the believer and the follower uh, and, and the followers of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Next week, Jerry's going to go much more in-depth about Satan himself as a being. He's not flesh and blood. He's he's our spiritual enemy as well. But Satan is not our sole enemy. Uh, He has an immense, evil, angelic army serving him. Mm -hmm. And these diabolical angels are called evil spirits. They're called wicked spirits. But more often than not, they're called demons. Now, there are two extremes that I want to avoid um, this morning. One is that we see a demon behind every tree uh, and every rock. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, there are preachers and teachers and authors that would have to believe that demons are the cause of everything wrong in your life. You know, there's a demon in the dishwasher. Um, earlier we thought there might be a demon in the computer. We weren't sure about it. Uh, it's exercising now. Everything's going great. Uh, the other extreme I want to avoid is to treat this study of demons with contempt or disbelief. Because the first leads to fanatical fear, but the second leads to false security. So let's strive today for a balance, a scriptural understanding of demons. You know, when uh, fighters are preparing for a, a major bout, I mean, UFC fight or, or, or a boxing match, what they'll what they'll do is they'll study their opponent. But... There's two very wrong approaches to go into a fight. Going into a fight scared witness of your opponent. Going into a fight disrespectful of their skills. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's strive for that balance uh, this morning as we look at scripture. Uh, so first, the thing we need to do is understand our opponent. Watch the tape. Understand uh, their, their abilities and their strategies. To begin with, demons are evil Spiritual beings. Some, some skeptics will say there's no such thing. That's just ignorant superstition. It's just a way, a way to explain bad things that happen, and, and that's for uh, uneducated people uh, that believe in demons. But <coughs> Jesus believed in demonic forces, uh, often deliver people from their power. Jesus taught that there's a, a definite being, Satan. And that he rule over a kingdom of evil beings. Demons are real. They exist. They are are actual beings. And they're present today. On the day of judgment, Jesus said uh, that he will make this statement to those who will go to hell. Matthew 25 41, he says he'll make this statement to those who are not in Christ. He'll say, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. Yeah. Jesus very much acknowledged the presence of Satan and his evil angels. And hell was created for them. They're trying to get, and they're trying to get as many people to go there as possible. That's their mission. We need to see that uh, the origin of demons, where they came from, is likely the same origin as Satan. It's generally believed that the origin of de- demons goes all the way back uh, to when Satan then known as the angel Lucifer, led a rebellion in heaven, but was cast out. But Lucifer was able to deceive a number of angels to follow him, and that's, well, what we recognize as demons. So demons are the angels who rebelled with Satan. Uh, nowhere does the Bible teach that uh, demons are the spirits of the wicked dead, right? So, I wanna, if, if you you if, if think about like these... Horror movies and things like that that have like evil ghosts that comes back. That well, that's no, that's not what demons are. The Bible does not teach that demons are creatures from uh, some other life form that God created before Adam and Eve, from some previous creation. That these these are some ideas that have come out in history. You know, one little boy in a Sunday school uh, told a Sunday school teacher that there were demons in the church. She asked what he meant by this, and he said, you know, there's the elders and the
1: demons.
0: (laughs) Bible doesn't teach that either. Demon is not an office in the church. Demons initially were created to serve God along with the other angels. But they were deceived by Lucifer, now Satan, and their rebellion against God was put down by the archangel Michael and his angelic forces. As a result, they were driven out of heaven, and now they do their work by deceiving people on earth. So they follow Satan and do his bidding. The third thing we need to understand about demons is that they share some of Satan's characteristics. Satan is described in the Bible as the evil one. And demons are described as evil ones. Satan, has, uh, Satan does have some supernatural powers. The purpose uh, of these powers is uh, deception and oppression. Likewise, demons have some supernatural power as well and use them for the same purposes. Mm-hmm. When you think about the increase of pornography, drug culture, dangerous addictions, abusive parents, racism, greed, abortion, uh, I, I think what we're seeing is the work of Satan, yeah. the evil one. Mm-hmm. But that power is being carried out by his legion, his army, mm-hmm. his, his, his forces. We touch, we'll touch on this next week. But Satan is not the opposite of God. Okay, uh, that's kind of that idea creeps in our heads sometimes that Satan is some equivalent dark power to God. And that's not the case in any way. Satan is very, very powerful, but in no way comparison to the God of all things. Yeah. He is a created being and far inferior to God. Yes. We need to understand that he is still very yeah. powerful. He's not all knowing. He can't be everywhere all the time, uh, just as God is omnipotent and omnipresent. But he has a demonic army to do his bidding, and makes it appear as though Satan is kind of an evil mirror to God, but we know that is not the case. A fourth fact um, that we should see is that demons are very well organized. Uh, Satan is a divider when it comes to the church. He has a very specific plan of attack. But his own, in his own kingdom, he's very well organized. Don't get the idea that Satan is in hell and he occasionally sends out a demon or two uh, on the earth to check things out. You know, there, there have been um, uh, books and, and TV shows recently that kind of uh, portray characters of angels and demons as having kind of their own like self-will and, being, and kind of going rogue and doing things as they want. And, Uh, But that's not the picture that we get from Scripture. Uh, In the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, in the 10th chapter, we see that Daniel, a very faithful follower of God, has been praying for some time. But God seems silent. He hasn't answered Daniel's prayers, but very soon an angel comes to Daniel to explain why that is. Why Daniel's prayer hasn't been answered. Look what the angel says to Daniel and one of the most vivid accounts of spiritual warfare in the Bible. Daniel 10, verses 12 to 13, and then also verse 20. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Amen. And I have come in response to but them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of, Peace, uh, the, the prince of Greece will come. That may sound a little weird. But the word prince... Often translated as angel. Mm-hmm. So, the, this, this, the, this lays out to us really a, ge- a geography of spiritual warfare. That there is a, a ground game, a battle map, where pieces are being moved and battles are being fought. <coughs> and unfortunately, there is a veil that we can't see it specifically. But the words of Daniel here lay out this this demon of Persia who was resisting, uh, was was getting in the way of, was was blocking um, this spiritual blessing. Those realities are there for the believer. Michael, angel, of God is, is, is here is called an archangel, but notice the spirit princes, the the uh, prince of Greece and Persia, they they're evil spirits. They're um, there are princes in this spiritual dimension that we do not see. And the angel who speaks to Daniel has had some difficulty. All of a sudden now our eyes are open. And we get a glimpse into this reality of spiritual warfare. Of which we're typically completely unaware. But the prince of darkness. There is a prince of darkness. And he has agents of darkness. That are doing his bidding. And they're, they're organized, motivated. Fact number five about demons is that they are intent on destroying. That's their main mission and objective. Yeah. Jesus said that Satan was a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And his demons are just the same. They do his bidding, and his bidding is to steal, steal kill, and destroy. Yes. Jesus once encountered a man in Mark uh, chapter 5. A man who was demon-possessed. And he said that his name was Legion when he was called out to. And it's believed that he was possessed by a legion or a thousand demons at once. But this man, Legion, uh, these demons led him to all kinds of bizarre and eccentric behavior. This was not a good thing that happened in this man's life. He isolated himself, living in tombs. Uh, He was masochistic, masochistic, um, cutting himself. Hurting himself, he was a wild man, uh, crying out. Uh, He was possessed. He he possessed incredible strength because when he was, no matter how tightly they tied this guy up, he was able to break those bonds. There was a supernatural force that was gave him incredible power, but it gave him incredible pain as well. Paul encountered uh, a man possessed by demons who shared a similar. Physical strength in Acts chapter 19. During Jesus' ministry, we see demons at their busiest, it seems. They inflicted various diseases and afflictions on people. Uh, Things like not being able to speak, blindness, epilepsy. Now, not all diseases or disabilities can be blamed on demonic activity. Some are we usually think of demonic activity. We think uh, of of darkness and possession and exorcisms and the occult, and those things would certainly be accurate portrayal of, of of the work of demons. Okay, that's not untrue. Those things are realities. But listen to this passage that Paul writes in 1 Timothy, chapter four, verse one. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon their fi- abandon their faith. And follow deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. Let's read that again. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. I'm of the opinion that Satan and his hordes of demons do their greatest work. And attacking our thoughts and minds. Mm -hmm. While witchcraft, the occult, Satan worship, and things of that nature are undoubtedly prevalent, we would do ourselves a tremendous favor by recognizing that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He comes to us in a way that's innocent, but actually leads to destruction. That's Satan's goal. The goal of his demons is to destroy, they want to kill. Steal and destroy. Amen. Another fact, though, of, of demons is they are they are destined for hell. Amen. We read uh, earlier. Uh, well, I'm sorry. We read in in, in uh, Revelation chapter twenty, verse ten, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the devil will be thrown into hell. But also cast into hell will be the beast and the false prophet. Now you read other portions of Revelation, and you can pretty safely conclude that those two characters are pretty much demon-possessed. These two were given power by Satan. Ever, uh, that Revelation says this. They were given supernatural ability to perform miracles, signs, uh, deceive people. Uh, They enforced the worship of themselves and Satan and demanded that people show their allegiance. While Satan and his demons do have great power, that power is very much temporary though. And they are doomed to eternity in hell. We'll talk more about the destiny of Satan uh, towards the end of this series. For now, let's... Turn back now that we've learned a little bit about our opponent, let's turn back towards a plan for the church. We need to understand um, the demons don't have the power to possess us, but they do have the power to oppress us today. Demon possession certainly can and does happen. But I think at least in our day, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. There's disagreement among some scholars about this, um, but I don't think it's possible for a person who has given their life to Christ and received the Holy Spirit to be actually possessed Amen. and have no ability of will uh, whatsoever.
1: Thank you,
0: Lord. Jesus said that man cannot serve two masters, and the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than is in the world. But demons can certainly oppress Christians. The Apostle Paul talked about having a thorn in the flesh. Something that really disturbed him. People said that the thorn in the flesh was a a messenger of Satan. And that word, I'm sorry, Paul said that the thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan. That word messenger is translated as angel. This This was a fallen angel oppressing Paul. Satan was oppressing Paul and attempting to discourage him. Um, demon possession though we don't see it so much today in our lives we see much more of this oppression Um, you think about third world countries and you go to Middle Eastern countries where Christianity is barely a dot on the map and there's more of a apparent supernatural power struggle there but things are much less obvious in the American church and the American culture today. Um, our oppression is much more subtle from demons. Um, one, uh, uh, one guy who um, has, I believe, imagined this very well, uh, is the author of C.S. Lewis uh, in his writing Screwtape Letters, where he talks about the undermining and the, the subtle schemes that go on in, in the church yeah. to divide. And to cause unhealth, and to cause churches to split, and to cause people to walk away from church, and for ministers to step down and to fail, and, and and all these things, these discouraging things we see in the church, it's because of oppression. That's I believe is it's kind of like this. This is um, an older human <coughs> screw tape, advising his younger nephew about how to go about this subtle oppression. He says, when he gets to his pew and looks around him and sees just that selection of his neighbor, neighbors who he has hitherto avoided, you want to lean pretty heavily on those neighbors. Make his mind flip to and fro from an expression like the body of Christ and the actual faces next to him in the pew. It matters very little, of course, what kind of people that, uh, that pew really contains, you may know one of them to be a great warrior on the enemy's side, meaning God's side. No matter. Your patient, thanks to our Father below, is a fool. Provided that any of those neighbors sing out of tune, or have boosted squeak, or double chins, or odd clothes, the patient will quite easily believe that their religion must, therefore, be somehow ridiculous. At his present stage, you see, he has an idea of Christians in his mind, which he supposes to be spiritual, but in fact is largely pictorial. <clears throat> those, those petty squabbles that, that rise up between us, those offenses that we build into um, just all-out war between our brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to understand that as spiritual warfare and as oppression. It's hard to know whether the influence is outside or inside, but when someone is so addicted to drugs or alcohol or so twisted that they storm in and, and shoot up a school or a crowd of people or do something so evil, it's hard to tell whether that's an oppression or, or a possession. I don't know if I've ever met anyone who could say um, for sure, um, that, that I could say for sure was demon-possessed. There might be an experience or two where I really wonder, but I can say for sure um, that I've been spiritually oppressed. Um, One thing that's very important for us as believers to engage as our plan is to not give the enemy an open door. And for many years, I gave the enemy an open door. For many years, I struggled with addiction to alcohol to the point where I could not see or think straight. I could not see or or think clearly. Uh, But even when I wasn't under the physical influence of alcohol, uh, my life was so chaotic and upheaved that uh, I could not. I could not find peace. I blamed everything difficult that was going on in my life in the loved ones that were around me and I was completely and utterly trapped. And every every time I tried to uh, put it down, it came back Mm -hmm. over and over again. It it, it had me in its claws daily Mm -hmm. and it caused so much pain and suffering to the people. Mm -hmm. Satan used the oppression that he was using on me to further oppress other people, Mm -hmm. like, like a cancer that grew out Demons are unable to dominate your life unless you give them a foot. Right. right. Um, The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the spirit is self-control. So avoid anything in which you're asked to lose control. You know, when I was growing up, there was a lot of things people would point to as as ways to open yourself up uh, to demons. One of them, uh, we have that picture. All right. Weed uh, my, my office over in Greensboro, um, uh, our owner's wife has gone overboard at decorating our office for a Halloween, and that's, that's okay. Um, and all the stuff is kind of, you know, so it ranges from fun to grotesque, but I saw this on the, the, the table in, uh, in, in one of the offices where she had put it out, and uh, it, it, it called back to me those, those uh, things I heard when I was a youth group of like, oh, boards, that is a portal to the underworld. Well, it very well could be. I do know that when you're even playing it this nicely, you are... Looking to something other than God for some sort of spiritual answer, and I don't, I don't, I um, don't think that's a good idea. One thing that I thought was funny, though, is next picture. Battery is not included. <laughs> you need three AA batteries to engage the Dark Lord and his forces. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I've heard a lot of um, things over the years about the well, the, the, the type of music and the type of media that we open ourselves up to, and those are those are mm-hmm. those are real portals right. into our lives that we open up to the enemy to give yeah. him a foothold.
1: Right.
0: Think about what we casually watch, what we casually drink, what yeah. we casually uh, swallow, yeah.
1: um,
0: the, the people that we are casually around. Um, not that we should be our own little sect in a cave, right. but the way we let people influence us. Right. Sometimes we're possibly given the spiritual realm, evil forces, a foothold. Mm-hmm. Uh, hypnotism, channeling, Ouija boards, seances, uh, I think wrong. those are things for the believer to avoid. Finally, Demons cannot control you if you belong to Jesus. Amen. Uh, demons are no match whatsoever for Jesus Christ. Amen. Their primary weapons, uh, their primary weapon, death, was defeated when Jesus rose from the grave. Amen. And if you belong to him, he cannot control you right. let, except that you give him control. Right. Um, uh, Erwin, Erwin McManus uh Author, preacher, teacher, um, tells a story about uh, uh, sending his little boy off to camp for the first time. And uh, they said they were sending him off to church camp. So they were worried about sending their little guy off away from home for the first time. You know, he gets a little scared when he's away from home, but they thought at least it's church camp so he won't hear those like creepy ghost stories. Those like the and there was a hook stuck in the door. Those kind of stories. They won't. You want to hear those kind of things? So at least that's good. It's a Church camp, nice. To say he'll come home uh, nice and happy. Um, but unfortunately, when he came home the first night, he was putting his son to bed, and the son said, "Dad, don't turn the light off. Dad, could you stay here with me?" And uh, he said, why? He said, "Well, Dad, I'm afraid that at camp they told us all these stories about demons." He said, Dad, uh, do you think you could pray for me that I would be safe?
1: Amen.
0: He said, as I sat there, I could feel the warm blanket of Christianity being wrapped around Aaron and me. Life, safety. So he told his son, I will not pray for you to be safe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray that God will make you dangerous. Mm -hmm. So dangerous that demons will flee when you enter the room. And the son said, All right, but pray that I'll be really dangerous. <laughs> Scripture says that even the demons believe. Right. And you know what? You know what they do because of that? Because, you know what they do because they've seen Jesus without veiled eyes? Mm-hmm. They shudder. They yeah. They're shaking their shoes. That's right? Jerry really didn't want to put that key on and come up here. He was like, Don't, don't throw me. <laughs> but he knew I wouldn't hurt him. But the demons. Jesus, and they see Jesus in us. Right. Mm-hmm. in tremble. There is nothing demons fear more than a life that is dangerously committed to Christ. I'll tell you this: Thank you, Jesus. people will come into the gym and they'll want to train martial arts. They want to learn moves. And that's cool. I'm glad to show moves. And a lot of times, their eyes are open to really cool martial arts moves. Um, they don't. They, it's it's craziness that somebody so small could create such leverage to flip over a huge guy, or, or, or make some, some large linebacker squeal like a baby, <laughs> but I'll tell them every time, you can only do what you train, right? right. These, these tech, the techniques that we learn in the gym, we can't rely on those in the street if we're not doing right. them every day. That's why, that's why I, I train that all the time, is one, because it's fun, but two, so I can do it. Right. So my last encouragement to you is when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, if you want to be mm-hmm. a dangerous Christian mm-hmm. that the spiritual world, the evil spiritual world, trembles, out, then mm-hmm. you need to be about training and That's prayer right. and in study. Yeah. You know, the thing that, that the devil and his demons want to do to me most is to separate me from my teacher and my training partners.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So get to the spiritual gym, Amen. train realize you are in a war and may your eyes be unveiled to the spiritual world that is around you, the battle that's happening both the good forces and the bad. I thank God that uh, we already know the end of that battle. Amen. And I pray that you and I will have the courage and the strength to see it through until it's complete. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time that we could be together and your word and, um, Lord, that we could learn and acknowledge this this battle that's going on around us. Lord, so many times we've been injured, we've been hurt, we've been casualties of this war and we didn't even know it. Lord, help us to lean on you to fight that battle for us and with us. Lord, may your angels come swiftly when we pray. And Lord, may we be faithful until they do. God, thank you for Jesus who has given us ultimate victory. We rest in his name. Amen.